for a minute the podcast which takes a deep dive into steven spielberg's 1975 classic film jaws minute by minute or thereabouts i am sarah budry and i'm mj smith and this week we are joined uh for an even more international show than we usually have uh by steve clark from a show to shake the stars and ben and steve's video store steve how are you i am very well thank you mj and sarah thank you very much for uh letting me join you uh, for this episode. And this is a truly global podcast. We're in three different time zones at the minute. It's uh, it's fantastic. So yeah, I'm really well. I'm really looking forward to uh, talking about my favorite film of all time. Great. Um, so before we get into it, we have to ask the Jaws question, uh, which is basically, what what is your love of Jaws? How did you come to love Jaws? And, and what is it about Jaws that, that makes it your favorite film of all time? So Jaws, I've always loved it i i um i think i saw it for the first time uh, in the early 80s and there's a tv channel in the uk called itv uh and i'm pretty sure i saw it for the first time on itv they went through a phase of of showing big movie premieres like in the middle of the week um i remember star trek 2 the wrath of khan being another one but i just remember seeing jaws for the first time like on a wednesday night i was probably around seven or eight um and i remember just being shit scared for pretty much the entire time because it just felt like um it just felt like i shouldn't be watching it it felt like it was a horror film that i shouldn't be watching but i was absolutely transfixed by it um and i just sort of fell in love with it straight away at such an early age um but then I sort of, I sort of saw it whenever it was on TV. I always caught it whenever it was on TV. And if that was in present day, that would be at least five times a week on ITV4. Because I understand that Jaws is on ITV4 all the time. <laughs> um, but I always caught it when it was on TV. But then I sort of really fell in love with it as a film fan uh, at around 1995 when it was my uh, 20th birthday. And CIC Video released it in a widescreen VHS edition for the first time. Um, and I picked it up. I was, cause I was, you know, I was a budding cinephile uh, and widescreen videos were becoming a thing around that time. So the Star Wars trilogy had been released uh, on widescreen video. And it's ironic really back then you were watching widescreen videos on TVs that were like the size of a postage stamp now, when you compare them to today's current televisions. Mm -hmm. So like, it was like you're watching a movie through a letterbox, but I just played that Jaws tape to death. I just watched it all the time. And I just fell more and more in love with it. And I came to the realization that, because um, I'm a massive Star Wars fan, like uh, that's what Star Wars got me into film and into cinema. Um, but I had this realization one night, I was just watching Jaws like for the, I don't know, the 50th time or whatever. And I just thought, hang on a minute. I think this is, this is my favorite film of all time. Like when you remove Star Wars from the equation, which kind of seems to, you know, uh complicate everything uh jaws 
is my favourite film of all time. I just absolutely love it. I just love the characters. I just love... I love the fact that the film is in sort of distinct two halves. I love the first half with, you know, the shark on Amity and then the second half with the uh, the trio on the orca, Man Against Beast. I just absolutely love it. I, just, I could talk about... I won't, don't worry about it, but I could talk about this film for hours and hours and hours without even talking about this one specific <laughs> scene that we're going to cover in today's episode. I just adore it. I absolutely adore it. Like, I get goosebumps when I talk about it, and I'm getting goosebumps now. I just love it that much. It's just the performances, the writing, like the, the dialogue is fantastic. The score is out of this world. I think... Re- not just the shark theme, which I know that Spielberg laughed the first time he heard it when John Williams played it for him, but it's the, um, it's, the, I love the score in the second half of the movie on the Orca. It's like a pirate movie. It's like an adventure movie. The score is just yeah. wonderful. Um, and I just, yeah, I just absolutely uh, adore the movie and I'm going to stop there or else I will carry on talking for about another, an hour. So I know we want to keep things short. <laughs> Yeah, that score, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but the 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 decision to deliberately not make it a traditionally horror film soundtrack, I think makes all the difference mm-hmm. for the accessibility of the film, the rewatchability of the film, because if you take a horror movie, and I like horror movies, if you take a horror movie and you watch it, a lot of the tension is there in the score and it's not Mm. that there isn't tension in jaws in the score obviously but you can kind of get into a sense on on re-watching it you can kind of get into a sense of knowing the beats of it to where Mm -hmm. it kind of loses its effectiveness with jaws it's not that type of music the whole time and so it remains exciting and thrilling because it feels like a high seas adventure exactly um, yeah in, in the back half yeah the the man and, the man against beast yeah, cue on this so on the good. score is i think my favorite track on the soundtrack it's it's wonderful i love it absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant yeah and uh yeah it's 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 great but this scene we are uh here to talk about is from 32 minutes and 47 seconds and it's two minutes exactly so it will end at 34 minutes and 27 seconds. I don't know why I said it was two minutes exactly. My brain <laughs> mixed up the two and the four. Uh, <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> yep. Legit didn't realize that. And that's the third time I've looked at it this morning until, uh, which also means I've watched 20 seconds more than I should have. Um, okay. Well, so in this scene, what we have is uh the besides the introduction of the man responsible for our theme song um it's the it's the capturing of the tiger shark so we come out of chrissy's uh autopsy or the examination of of chrissy's remains by hooper to the shark mouth getting pulled open they they have a hook in the snout there's blood on the on the 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 jaw of the shark and uh, the fishermen are, who, who caught it are all standing proudly, you know, the, the a what guy and Leap Day William. They are all uh, just proudly standing around their catch. And uh, wh- what's his name? Ben, but not Ben Gardner, the newspaper Carl Gottlieb guy. Meadows. Uh, ha- Harry Meadows is yeah. his name. Harry Meadows. Um, Harry Meadows is, is trying to stage a photo opportunity and... Cooper is trying to 
measure the bite radius to see if it matches the bite radius on Chrissy's remains. And uh, Brody just can't get over how happy he is that the <laughs> shark was caught. And um, yeah, so that's all happening. And then they ask what kind of shark it is. And <laughs> it leads to the the iconic line where hooper tells them that it's a tiger shark and our favorite gentleman just says oh what (laughs) Uh, which is a crazy line delivery but it's there um and yeah that's that's the scene i is that where we ended it? Because, like I said, I watched twenty seconds more. That's than where I it ended have. for so me. Does it end? Yeah. Does this, okay. Thirty-four twenty-seven. Okay. That's where it ended <laughs> for good. me. With a word. That's where it ends for me. Uh, that's it. Yep. <laughs> uh, I love that guy. Um, but yeah, did, what did you guys notice about this scene besides the uh, wonderful line delivery by this guy? Uh, so for me, it was um, obviously it's. Uh, Meadows really, Carl uh, Gottlieb's character um, is sort of <laughs> he's desperately trying to sort of control the chaos because it is like it is chaotic there because uh, you know all the there's all the f- the fishermen crowded around sort of cheering and there's this elation that they've caught they've caught the shark um, but it's sort of I, I when I watched it with the subtitles on uh, and I sort of picked things up that I'd never picked up before uh, even though I've seen the film like a hundred times. Uh, but it's Meadows just trying to corral everyone together, and it and it's like uh, you say, it's like a high school photo. Um, it, it's it's like a high school photo. Just yeah. uh, kneel down, just like in high school, with one row standing and one row kneeling, and he's he's just he's just trying to control all this chaos just to get this picture taken because it's so important that they get this picture taken and get the word out that they've caught the shark. Um, and before that, you know, he's talking to his assistant saying, you know, I want all the national news companies to pick it up on AP and UPI. I want to get it on the state wire services, see if Boston will pick it up and go national and call Dave Axelrod in New York and tell him he owes me a favor. All right. And he's just <laughs> desperate, you know, desperate to get the word out um, that the shark's been caught. Uh, that's, that's kind of the sort of the main thing at the start of the scene that you see that it's Meadows trying to control uh, all this, all this chaos, and get everyone organised, and get this very, very important picture taken. Yeah, this is so. We've spoken about Harry in any of the scenes that he's cropped up in because he just seems. And nothing against Carl Gottlieb, who is lovely, but Harry Meadows is a real slimy piece of work yeah. in this in this film, and this this scene or the things that he says in this scene is a really great payoff for some of the things that he has said previously most notably with uh when they are sort of just prior to the town meeting scene and they're talking about the um alex kintner being killed and he regarding that which is a boy being killed by a shark i should mention again (laughs) he is like we'll bury in the backstages it's a non-story it's not important put it in with the grocery ads Mm. or something and is so keen to bury that story which is a a tragic and horrifying story which really should have the attention of people really because it would serve as a warning maybe don't go in the water for now Mm. and yet in this scene uh he is he is right there he is in the thick of it he says the most in this scene he has Mm -hmm. a lot of lines and it's pretty much him talking for the entirety of this scene and he is 
not just keen to get this you know front and center in the local press he is like we've got to you know you, you just quoted it there steve he's like we've got to get this you know to go to go national like call boston call new york like get this story out there mm. and it really made me think obviously we've been making a lot of comparisons with jaws and how it particularly resonates at the moment with the current situation that we're going through but this idea of uh, media manipulation and really overemphasizing the successes and the triumphs and wanting to hide the failures i was like this is all very familiar <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to yeah, me it really is. um painfully so <laughs> but yeah it's it's a great it's a it's yeah a great payoff i think for for what we've heard from this character previously so we can really see what kind of guy he is in that a a child being killed by a shark is a non-story to be buried in the back pages and yet these chumps who have somehow managed to catch this shark <laughs> um this is now you know put this put this everywhere you can put it um yeah what a what a real piece of work this guy is <laughs> yes that's a polite way of putting it i think it's interesting that they um that that i keep on calling carl gottlieb that harry wants to <laughs> he's focusing specifically on the markets he knows are the tourist markets he mm. knows that those are the biggest areas where people are going to be coming from amity for the holiday and i think that is very strategic it clearly shows kind of how not ethical but but how uh you know ruthless he is. he's a hustler yeah for sure yeah yeah he's 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 quite a shark himself and, and he's <laughs> yeah. you know he's he's a little bit i know we put a lot of blame on larry but harry's got some stuff like harry mm. harry has some things to answer for mm -hmm. in this as well because you could argue that he borderline is responsible for all these tourists showing up to begin with yes yeah. yes and one thing i noticed as well i always notice in the film is a little bit later on is when um it's the fourth of july and we've got ferry loads of uh, tourists arriving onto the island and they all when they arrive onto the jetty on the island they all walk past the photograph that's taken in this scene there's like a massive blown up mm. picture of the photograph mm. on on the side as people are walking onto amity island as if to say don't worry, folks. We got the shark. You can enjoy your Fourth of July. You know, it's it's all like it's it's like a ruthless marketing machine uh, to get you know to get the word out that Amity is uh, you know the waters of Amity are safe to swim in. Yeah, and also up through the nineties, uh, it was available at Universal Studios Hollywood to take a picture at a recreation of oh. the the dock where where they had the, the the tiger shark strung up there's it's somewhere it's probably got lost in a move along the years mm. when i was four or five my parents took me and there's a, a shot of our entire family in front of that that shark somewhere out there nice um <laughs> i have i haven't seen it since i lived in the apartment i grew up in so um yeah that 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 shot with the shark everyone standing in front of the shark always uh makes me laugh because i don't remember that trip whatsoever although apparently king kong made me ball uh, <laughs> and uh yeah but i do remember seeing that photo quite a bit it was i think it was me and my brother 
in that in that picture now that I think about it. But mm-hmm. yeah, so that's how long Jaws has been in my life without me even really being able to know it. <laughs> yeah. That's where it all began. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, so let's get into talking about Brody in this scene because mm. this is very different from the Brody that we've seen in previous scenes and particularly want to think about uh, Brody and Hooper in this scene and how they react differently to what to what has happened. So I watching this scene several times as i did in preparation for it i was keeping sort of one eye on brody and one eye on hooper and then sort of (laughs) watching them individually and hooper straight away is like all business he is he doesn't smile he's Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. sort of slapping people on the back and saying well done he is looking this shark up and down and then going you know straight for the straight for the mouth and is is getting his measuring tape out and is making sure you know checking the facts as it were but Brody given that what we've seen from him in the previous scene where he is very very serious and very kind of with with Hooper in all of this he's willing to take Hooper's word for it and and accept that this is what's happened and I don't really know how much time has passed between them leaving the coroner's office and and now this i mean hooper hasn't changed his clothes so we can assume it's the same day Mm. um and now they're sort of out there on the out there on the dock and brody just seeing this seeing this shark and seeing everyone celebrating kind of joys in with it and is really surprisingly jovial about it as well he's got this this big grin on his face and he's (laughs) you know shaking the hands of the fishermen who have caught it and I would just like to note that I think Brody uh, somehow in our Jaws time traveling world obviously listens to this podcast because <laughs> one of the first things he says is, uh, "Did Ben Gardner catch this?" Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> we came up with a pretty watertight uh, theory a couple of episodes ago about how we think Ben Gardner actually caught the shark, but then these guys did something to Ben Gardner or oh. have stolen the shark <laughs> from him. So. Brody listens uh, <laughs> to this. Well, hello, he Martin, knows, if that's the case. Hello. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. N- nice, nice of you to tune in, Martin. I hope you're doing well, mate, and got over the heart attack that killed you in Jaws yeah, the Revenge. You. Hope you're doing well, mate. Good, good on you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, just, the, just the fact that these guys got the shark is still so irritating to me. It really is. And <laughs> yeah. They're so obnoxious. They're just amateurs, aren't yeah. they? They've Even got lucky. Brody knows. Yeah, yeah. The, the shark has got, like, arrows in it. Did they have a <laughs> bow and arrow? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, probably stole their kids' uh, cowboy and Indian playset from home and just uh, were uh, shooting the shark with arrows. Yeah, they're just... Goddamn amateurs by the yeah. looks of it. <laughs> well, and also, I think that's a real shark carcass. Um, it is, yeah. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, yeah. and isn't there? I, I think I think it's on the Inside Jaws uh, podcast that Wondery did, mm-hmm. where they talk about the they flew it in from Florida, and they had to it, the shipping on it was ridiculous because it had to they had to put it on ice obviously but then the ice melted or something like there were stories about how bad it smells stinky um that might also be in the jaws log too um but they had like a hell of a time getting it up to martha's vineyard 
uh to to shoot with it and it was one of those things where spielberg being kind of young and i don't know if we've talked about this uh that much but for as brilliant as spielberg was he was a little also annoying um, <laughs> in terms of kind of what he wanted to accomplish and i think he kind of freely admits that a lot of the things that make the movie work are just acts of hubris from a young director mm. who's been kind of handed the keys to the kingdom and told he's a genius and not really known how to handle that um i don't know if you guys have ever seen the 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 clip of him not getting nominated for best picture for jaws no no i haven't seen no i haven't seen a tantrum he full on throws a tantrum like he's furious oh wow and it's like come on man like he's it, it really kind of that clip really kind of recontextualized uh what i thought about spielberg i think he's like i said he's calmed down and i think he he admits fully nowadays like uh i should have should have cooled my jets back then but <laughs> Um, you know this this scene is a direct result of that kind of no it needs to be a real shark like we we can't have not a real shark even though the shark that we're using is a fake shark wow (laughs) i think one thing i love about just to go back to what my uh, sarah was saying about brody in that scene it is like the first time you've seen him beaming with beaming with a smile and he's very jovial and how mm-hmm. proud he looks at the the minute the camera clicks the minute the picture is taken he's standing there stood upright smiling proudly that they've got the shark and he he just seems like a totally different character than he was two minutes ago in the coroner's office when he's just dejected and um uh, one one note I made is that he says that swell, and that just reminds like swell. Wow, nobody says that swell. It's just um, a very nineteen seventies <laughs> word. Reminds me of uh, Superman the movie. Actually, there's a scene between Clark and Lois in Superman the movie where she asks Clark how his first day went, and he goes, "Oh, it's kind of swell." And Lois is like, "Swell," and he's like, "Come on, Martin. I know swell, really. Okay, but yep, it is swell that they've caught the shark. But I just yeah." It's just Brody's posture when they take the picture. How proud he is stood there that they've that they've caught the shark. Yeah, he's really great in this scene. And then I think also I kind of buried the lead in my description, but we get a rare first half of the film appearance by the man himself, <laughs> uh Quint, yes. out there on his boat. And he's also smiling, but for a different reason. <laughs> Indeed, um, so yeah. <laughs> Quint 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 rides by on his boat and he is cackling. Is the only way I can <laughs> that describe is how what he I've responds. got in my notes, MJ. I, uh, that's the exact word <laughs> I have on my notes. I've got Quint on his boat, shaking his head, cackling. That's exactly what I've got because that's what he's doing. <laughs> because for as much as, as we've talked about this, Hooper is the man of science who has to verify. Quint's the man of action who's seen a thing or two in his day. Mm. And he drives by and he's just like... There's no fucking way that's that. <laughs> that's the, the shark that did this. Yeah. There's, like, he clearly knows that this is not the right shark. From that far away, just mm. watching all the commotion, he's just like, oh, man. He's he's sort of the, <laughs> the the uh, you know, w- the the comedian from Watchmen in this <laughs> moment where he, like, he sees the joke before anyone else does. <laughs> Indeed. And I love the continuity as well. So you only see, like, the orca and Quint 
briefly as he sails on by and he's sort of cackling to himself. And then you briefly see the orca very quickly when it quickly cuts towards the end of the scene where it cuts to Hooper saying, a tiger shark. You see the orca quickly just sort of behind him. I thought that's a, a really cool bit of uh, continuity. I like that. Yeah, the, the looming presence of Quint is mm. uh, is very much felt in this scene, even if he's not a big part of it. And I think as well, this is the the first moment that we've talked about on podcast that has all three of them in it. So mm. this is mm-hmm. a momentous occasion as well. Yeah, but yeah. This this particular bit of acting from from Robert Shaw, it's just it just makes me happy every single time because. The sort of the first time he goes past, he's just sort of looking on in amusement. And then the second time we're a little bit closer, closer zoomed in on him so we can hear him this time. And yeah, the the cackle of the sort of the he is incredibly amused by what he is seeing. And it's very, very funny because, yeah, it's either this sense of like he he knows this isn't the the shark that they're looking for. You know, he it has got a better idea certainly than these chumps who caught it that <laughs> what this shark actually is all about and that this is probably not the shark but also i think it's just that general amusement at the scene that he is seeing unfolding as well like all of these fishermen you know who have gone out in these big groups and quint is clearly a guy who works works alone or works with as few people as possible so just seeing this big gang of people all sort of celebrating and slapping each other on the back i think he's just very amused by the whole situation it's a circus isn't it yeah it's a circus is a perfect way of describing it and the photo there are so many funny things in that photo and i think (laughs) one of my favorite favorite bits is hendrix and his goofy little smile as he holds up the beach the beach clothes sign it's just the fact that he has the sign is funny because obviously that goes way back to him being given the sign materials right at the start and then sort of being irritated that he wasn't allowed to do the printing yeah i was about to say let polly do the printing Uh, so the fact yeah so the fact he's in in his head he's like polly's gonna do the printing but she's not in the picture like (laughs) he is so happy (laughs) yeah one nil to hendrix happy to be there yeah yeah (laughs) i love the moment where where hooper's trying to get in the picture and harry's like uh can you get out of the picture and he calls him young fella like ben garter does (laughs) yeah yeah, I've never noticed that actually. That yeah, I, f- I forgot that Ben Gardner calls him young fellow as well. That's yeah, never noticed that before. Mm-hmm. And I really like how Hooper's still very polite. Like you know, Meadows tells him to get out the picture, and he's just like, "Thank you," just as it, just as he leaves. But then <laughs> also, like as I say, I had, I watched it with the subtitles on, and again, I was I caught bits of dialogue that I'd never really heard clearly before. So. Obviously, there's a bit where they say, young fella, can you step out of the way? And then the other sort of chump fishermen, as I think we should call them from now on, the chumps basically just say, you know, get out of here and take your ape with you. And I was like, I don't understand that line of dialogue at all. Take your ape with you? Like, what? What ape? What are yeah. about? I don't get that at I all. I was trying to figure that. I was wondering if it was some sort of slang for his bag yeah. or what? Like, they were like, your, you know, your your bougie ass bag is... is... <laughs> Yeah. ruining the shot or something like i don't i couldn't tell what that was in reference to <laughs> yeah it's puzzle it's puzzling i really don't understand what it means yeah 
Yeah, or it's slang for Do tape measure. Do you have measure. a theory, Sarah? Um, yeah, I don't have a theory, and I I don't know if I if I picked up on that line whilst I was watching it, but um, yeah, I it's there is great merit in watching this film with subtitles. I watch everything with subtitles just because I don't like missing anything. Mm. But you really get all that um, background chatter and the sort of. Uh, yelling of, of the of the fishermen like right at the start they are so smug they're like we got him we bought him home it's like <laughs> all right okay <laughs> what you really mean is that you killed ben gardner left him on his boat stole the shark and came home look that's our theory and we're sticking with it <laughs> it's a cool theory I, I don't think i'll ever see jaws quite the same way again now it's uh yeah it's a good theory <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome um <laughs> Yeah, I I I really like the the repeat of the young fella being used against Hooper as well. Like he, it just uh, maybe this is just maybe it happens again. I'm going to be looking out for it now, but it just seems that everyone is p- particularly I don't know picking out his age as being something to use against him. And I know it's mm. something that is just sort of said in passing. And we spoke before actually about you know. Uh, young man or young lady or whatever how that can sometimes it can sometimes be nice but it can sometimes also be used in a way that's that's condescending mm-hmm. and um yeah even even though hooper is polite i think when he responds to to harry and and says thank you there is a as with everything hooper says there's just a slight undertone of snark and <laughs> he's really he's really had it with being called young fella he's not he's not happy about this situation mm. he's trying to do do his work and you know uh, try and bring some order to this chaos or at least just you know have a chance to examine this shark and all of you know the circus as we said is going on around him and really making things difficult for him and then he is being shoved out of this photo opportunity uh with very little care or um respect towards what he is trying to do so mm. Yeah, the the undertone of snark is uh, fully justified, certainly <laughs> in this in this circumstance. I think. <laughs> Agreed. I've also never noticed the orca behind him when he says tiger shark. So thanks mm-hmm. for pointing that out, Steve. Ah, no problem. Yeah, to be honest, it was the first time I'd noticed it as well because obviously I was preparing for the preparing for the episode, and you you know I watched I did watch the scene about ten times in a row, and just frantically taking notes, and then you just feel when you when you're watching a film. For a podcast, as you said, Sarah, you would you now watch everything with the subtitles on. I do the same now. So for whenever I, whenever I do my film podcast, I always watch everything with subtitles now because you're right. You pick up on so much that you don't pick up on before. And uh, yeah, that's the first time I noticed that the orca was in the background because I just felt I was giving it much more attention than I normally do because I've seen it so many times. But when you when you're really analysing something in front of you, it's uh, you do. It's amazing that you can still pick up on things that you'd never picked up on before it's a really sort of cool side effect of of uh of doing podcasts and sort of really analyzing and looking at things in, in much more detail so it's cool to pick up on new details even now yeah and i think it's important to you to like kind of register that that bit of visual storytelling because mm. We have Hooper, who kind of has all the answers right now, but in the background comes someone who's about to make his time on Amity, maybe even worse than he's already having, um, <laughs> yes. being called young fella, <laughs> left and right. Like, 
because Quinn's way of patronizing him is much different than the citizens of Amity and like not to tip a hands too much, but he, he knows Hooper has a lot of knowledge and is a smart person. Like he treats him as an equal while also looking down on him. Mm. And that's way worse to me. <laughs> um, and we, you know, we see that visually represented with Quint just kind of looming past him in the background. And I also think <laughs> it's really important to notice that Quint is leaving the harbor. So he saw the circus that was happening and was like, oh, these guys are going to ruin my catch for the day. They're going to scare off all the fish with all the damn dynamite they're <laughs> tossing in the water and all those boats being so close together, causing massive waves. So he waits until everyone's back on the shore to even go start his day. Mm. <laughs> um, Very smart. And I think that's a that's a really cool uh, touch that, that just kind of even more solidifies how much of sort of like a lone wolf uh, Quint is. Yeah, I'd never. I'd, that's that's great, MJ. It's a great point. I'd never, never made that connection. Never thought of it that way. That that's what he was doing and why he was doing it. That's why he's heading out of the harbor at that particular time. He's yeah. That's a really a really cool point. Like I say, something I'd never really thought of. It's brilliant. There's another a thing that I noticed that's right in this moment as well. So, um, we spoke about in the scene leading up to Alex Kintner's death. I think about how they used this natural wipe technique, where mm. uh, mm-hmm. to hide the sort of like the cuts or like an editing technique, basically, where yeah. people walking in front of the camera would be how the edit was put in. That's a not very technical way of explaining it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we sort of get that. <laughs> Thank you. We sort of get that in in this moment, but it's the the edit is very very subtle and the the wipe that happens sort of in front of hooper the two the two people or one person it's hard to tell they're also wearing yellow so we get that color motif that we've spoken about so often coming back as well so it's still the 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 yellow which if we're we're taking it in this sort of represents danger or the threat or the shark or whatever Mm. it has not gone away at all in this scene there are multiple people in the scene wearing yellow as well obviously it's the same fisherman that we've seen before so they're still sort of wearing their like yellow rain max or you know waders fishing gear and stuff but yeah right as as hooper sort of puts the puts the chump fisherman right about what kind of shark it is there's like a wipe like right in front of him that is these sort of figures wearing yellow and then obviously he says um, it's a tiger shark, and then we get the, you know, arguably the greatest line in all of Jaws. But just <laughs> thought that was interesting as well, and that was the reason why I didn't notice the orca in the background because I was writing down in my <laughs> in my notes that there was another use of this natural wipe technique. But as you're as you were talking and sort of mentioning that great continuity with with the orca in the background, I can recall having I think noticed that before so wasn't completely unaware this time around was just looking at lots of other things but this is the gift that keeps on giving and going Mm. into jaws in this level of detail is honestly the highlight of my week every week Uh, (laughs) there's so much (laughs) there's so much to be discovered and this is a less than two minute long scene as Mm. we uh concluded but there's and there's still just so much in it even though it is comedic and it's 
building up to that punchline with the with the a what guy it's there's so much good stuff in it still there's so much to unpack in what is otherwise a fairly innocuous scene but Mm. yeah i oh i love this film (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely and i I, to be honest i'd never noticed the edit in that scene before that you've just talked about sarah i've never me neither i've never noticed it so i'm gonna have to go back once we've stopped recording oh no i'm gonna have to watch jaws again oh bummer um yeah i'm gonna have to go back and oh no gonna have to go yeah, back tough life. yeah yeah it's it's terrible isn't it um yeah i'm gonna have to go back and watch that again because i've never noticed i've never noticed the yellow in that scene i've never noticed that edit so i'm gonna have to go back and mm-hmm. and, have, and have a look i just rewound it and it's totally there and it i mean it, it kind of felt like i was uh <laughs> someone who was discovering new research for the first time (laughs) of someone who you know who's going back over the tape for this this cold case that happened and and finally seeing like (laughs) the thing that brings it all together and uh wow there is so much to unpack in just that one edit Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just signifies so much that the sh- this isn't the right shark. <laughs> like that, that that is a clear visual cue that this is still a threat. This shark is still out there. You know, it, it evoking the same the same editing technique that's a very in your face editing technique to from a scene where someone was murdered mm-hmm. by yeah. the shark. I, that that's a lot that's a that's a heavy weight to put on those words that follow that edit and yeah i've never noticed it at all which is weird because it's not as in your face in this scene it's way more subtle um and wow what a movie (laughs) (laughs) yep it is like we said a couple weeks ago pretty good movie pretty good movie yes it's not it's not too bad is it it's not too bad it's all right yeah 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no it's wonderful Um, it is wonderful uh you know go on sarah sorry (laughs) (laughs) no no that's fine i was just gonna say that i feel like we've we've spoken about lots of things uh in this scene and we have not spoken about those those final memorable parting words from (sighs) this wonderful guy uh who i don't know if we get his name at the um the leap day william guy that's not his name i'm sorry steve that's a joke from many episodes back right um but the he says like frank because he like Mm. sticks his head like he's like sticks his head in the mouth Mm. and he says frank but i don't know if he's addressing tiger shark guy or the other guy um but the delivery of that line oh my gosh it just it gets me every <laughs> yeah time it's so good and i my favorite thing is going to uh jaws cinema screenings obviously this has not happened for over a year because the world is currently on fire but it is <laughs> great to see this film with an audience because that line just gets the biggest belly laugh every single time and it's so it's so dumb because all he says is a what but it's Mm. (laughs) it's the way he says it it's the stupid dumb look on his face oh my gosh it's 
It's so good. <laughs> it's it, so funny. It's brilliant. Every every time it makes me laugh. Yeah, I barely laugh every single time. It, it's it's it, you're right. It's just the look on his face. It's he just he just cannot believe what Hooper's just said to him. As if you know he's just said something bad about his mother. He's just he's just he just looks so offended <laughs> that what really? I've, it's a tiger shark. Like a word. It's just like you know he's just so he's just so pissed off by it that you know he's probably was expecting Hooper to say something, yeah, it's a great white, it's, you know, it's some, it's a hammerhead, it's some butch big shark. No, it's a tiger shark. He's like, oh, what? It's just absolutely, <laughs> I love it. It's just, it's just the look on his face. And, and I know, you know, and then I know Hooper says in the next scene, you know, I've just told you what kind of shark it is. I don't want to get beat up for it. Because it, it is like, it's as if, uh, you know, that guy is just going to punch Hooper in the, in the mouth. For, for telling him what kind of shark it is. I love it. It's so, it's so, so funny. It's so great. I love this guy. He's the best. And <laughs> so, Steve, you haven't heard our, our theme song yet, but the theme song was written and performed by my wife and my wife. And she, <laughs> uh, she wrote it as though him saying a tiger shark blew this guy's tiny mind to borrow a phrase from sarah <laughs> so much that he was like what do you mean a tiger sh-? like a tiger's on land and a shark's in the sea how do we how did those two things cross yeah. it does not come i don't understand yeah what do you mean tiger that's that's a mythical beast is what you just told me you might as well have told me that was a pegasus or a centaur um, yeah exactly <laughs> that's great yeah. I love I, I love that and I, I don't mean to enforce like gender onto inflections or anything like that but it's like a much more effeminate response than how he reacts afterwards <laughs> like he his voice is like quite a bit higher it's quite a bit softer and then in the next section he's like threatening to beat up hooper with this like super tough guy northeastern yeah, yeah. accent yeah. like he sounds like he's more well suited in a scorsese picture in the yeah. in the in the next scene hey, and like just this one little part crap? his <laughs> yeah he, yeah he's like i'll knock your friggin head in yeah. and like that is not the accent that he has yeah. when he says that yeah. when he goes oh what <laughs> exactly he's like yeah we'll stuff your friggin head in there and we'll find out if it's a shark it's like yeah. he's really he's got like slightly like, you know brooklyn <laughs> tough guy is if he's just yeah like you say mj's if he's just wandered in off mean streets or goodfellas he's just like uh, threatening to shove hooper's you know head into the uh, into the carcass it's it is it's a real it's a real sort of uh gear shift from a word you know what i mean and i'm sorry i'm going to keep saying that throughout the podcast <laughs> A word? I just, you know, it's just, oh, love it. (laughs) This is probably one of my most quoted lines, I think, from Jaws. And I try Mm. and get a Jaws quote into everyday life, which uh, Martin just absolutely loves. um, I'll say something and he'll be like, like, oh, that's from Jaws, isn't it? And I'm just like, yes, it is. (laughs) It is, Martin. Deal with it, mate. Come on. All the time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta try and find a way to like subtly get it into our wedding vows or something. That will be, I will <laughs> truly peak then. But I <laughs> oh, let us <laughs> we'll know see. how that goes. We'll That'd see. be brilliant. I'll just say, <laughs> yeah, 
Maybe oh, I could man. use this one. I could just be like, it'd be like, I don't know, a crucial bit in the wedding battles, and then I'll just be like, a what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then Martin will be like, okay, I think we're done here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you're supposed to say, I do, just go, a what? A what? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He has just come in the room now to see what the chaos is, so yeah. Yeah, he's going to have fun listening, listening back to this one. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, this... This Don't, guy. Uh, Martin, spoilers. Uh, big spoilers for your wedding. Just yeah. skip ahead like yeah. three minutes. Oh, bless. Yeah. As I was about to say, what is one of my favorite things to do in this scene? And thankfully, this is the the bit that we sort of uh, leave this, this scene at or where we sort of pause it. Or MJ watched another 20 seconds, but that's also fine. Um, <laughs> Is like pausing it on this guy's face, like the exact <laughs> moment where, to use my own phrase, you can see his tiny mind being blown. <laughs> and like, it's just so great. His, his, the face is priceless. The delivery of the line is priceless. Mm. The line itself is amazing. Uh, also, MJ, credit to Kristen because her song, which is our amazing theme tune, also just added like a whole other dimension to this character like the which no one ever asked for but i'm glad we have uh because it's made my life better (laughs) for sure but just the fact that the very concept of this animal's being is like completely destroying everything that this guy knows to be true is yeah i just i love it (laughs) There's so much that can be read into this. Like, <laughs> this is us going, this is the deep cuts that people are here for as well. <laughs> There's so much that can just be read into that, into his line as well. It could be just genuine confusion that he can't believe that mm. this this might not be the shark or that he's never heard of a tiger shark or that he is confused like has a tiger mated with a shark or something like there's so many things that he is confused yeah. about <laughs> i i feel well, and, i feel it's... and little does this guy know no go on mj little little does this guy little does this guy know that his grandson will eventually grow up to invent the liger <laughs> i just made it canon that napoleon dynamite is this guy's grandson by the way sure. yeah, yeah. yeah we'll go with that we'll go with that i i always saw it which is a lot that's yeah. that's maybe the biggest leap i've made which is saying something <laughs> i always saw what you know that line is a word i always saw it is like as if hooper's challenging his maybe his masculinity a little bit he's challenging his uh his status as a as a fisherman that you know he's he's only managed to catch like mm. a, a a what a tiger shark so and it's so funny so like there's there's so much and mj there's so much you can read into that sort of facial expression and it just reminds me that when i saw on twitter you were going to do this podcast it was before you'd done the podcast and you were basically saying i'm going to do this podcast and we're going to break jaws down you know minute by minute and you asked everyone what their favorite moments were and i immediately knew what you know what i was going to send you because um i sent you a you know you know when you can do a boomerang on on your phone of 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 something so uh the boomerang i sent you was of that moment with of a word but that was from about <laughs> probably about seven or eight years ago when i was watching it like uh, at home on blu-ray i just i was just messing around with my phone i thought i'm just gonna take a boomerang of that a word moment and it's been on my phone for about the last eight years <laughs> 
So as soon as you sent that tweet out saying, what are your favourite moments? I was like, right, straight to the boomerang. That's what I'm going to send because I just knew immediately, <laughs> you know, that was the moment I'd, I'd really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's great. Also, uh, <laughs> Pete Davidson has a stand-up bit about <laughs> it. Oh, really? Which is the most specific stand-up bit I think I've ever heard. Wow, it is. Yeah, I didn't know that. Have you seen, have you guys seen The King of Staten Island? Just to go on a little uh, tangent. Yeah, twice. I've seen it twice. Yeah, actually. great movie. Really good movie. I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. I have not seen it. <laughs> I must admit, I'm not a big fan of Pete it Davidson. Is surprisingly so. good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't like Pete Davidson yep. that much, or at least I didn't until I saw that movie. And uh, that movie's completely turned me around on him. I think it's a it's a terrific film. Really, really worth a watch. Yeah, he's he's great in it. He's really good in it. Uh, everyone's really good in it. Marissa Tomei's awesome in it. Mm. Um, Bill Burr's great in it. It's yeah, it's a it's a really good movie. And I was surprised, especially because it's long. It's like pushing two and a half hours. And mm. I for a comedy like that, I don't know. I I won the Blu-ray in a in an online contest showing off uh, because Pete Davidson is uh, tattooed. They did uh, show us your movie-related tattoos, and I have a, a huge Jaws piece on my forearm. Oh, so, great! Uh, I, I won the contest. Awesome. With with that, so <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I just watched it because I, you know, it was free and pandemic. What else am I going to do? And <laughs> I was surprised at how much I liked it. Um, and then I was I was on another podcast to uh, to talk about it, so I rewatched it for that. Mm. Yeah, great film um okay do we do do we have anything else about this scene now i mean i could talk about a word for another 10 minutes but i'm not going to i think, uh, <laughs> I think, we've, uh, I think we've got i think we've covered it sufficiently i think <laughs> um i do want to point out listening to this on headphones i never realized that the sound mix kind of sucks in this scene but it's it's one of those things where it's just virtue of the technology available to them there's a big crowd and there's a mm. lot of commotion mm. and so um, Gottlieb had to, I'm sure he had to go in an ADR, a lot of that stuff. And it sounds like it's real tinny. Um, uh, it sounds, it, yeah, it's real. There's, there's some, there's something going on with the high frequencies in that. Yeah. That was really kind of hard to listen to on, <laughs> on headphones. Um, but I do also think that it's kind of brilliant at the same time. Like it shows off how boundary pushing this movie was on all the technical mm fronts too because they you they, they the reason it sounds like that is because they are pushing this to its absolute limits to get the mix right yeah and i think that's important to contextualize uh particularly as an audio engineer because it's easy to listen to it when you have you know the mcu or whatever and all the elaborate sound mixing and editing that goes into that and being like oh jaw sounds like crap and it's like well <laughs> No, Jaws is actually sounds amazing. Um, and yeah. scenes like this are because they were doing anything to make the final product as high quality and uh, cutting edge as possible. You know, uh, even public address systems around this time were just starting to get big enough to support acts like, um, well, I guess Kiss was the one that really... Um, push it forward like the the kind of heavy metal style music like led zeppelin and kiss and black sabbath like it's just a lot louder like things Mm -hmm. were just now starting to get the amplification and frequency range that we are used to hearing in modern day so this uh if you listen to it on headphones and you hear this kind of tinniness there's some 
Um, there's a lot coming from Harry because he's doing most of the talking. And then there's some coming from um, Brody and the mayor later on in the scene in the 20 seconds that I watched that aren't on this episode. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, that sounds really weird. And then I was thinking about it and, and more and I was like, oh, yeah, the technology was like barely there to, to make this happen. So yeah. it's actually kind of uh, uh, shows off more then then it, it hurts the film so one thing i noticed yesterday when i was watching it and I, you probably might know mj because you were listen- i didn't listen to it on headphones and you did and I, i'm also i'm a little disappointed that the scene didn't go on a little bit longer because um i don't get to talk about maury hamilton who i adore as as larry vaughan mm. um and you do see him in this scene for about you know three or four seconds as he as he walks into shot smiling broadly with his amazing blue anchored jacket but um but that just after the picture is taken and uh, Brody sees Vaughn approaching and he sort of uh, walks off towards the mayor and he says, Larry, you won't believe it. But to me, it sounds like he's saying Harry. And I sort of every time I watched the scene yesterday, it sounded like he was saying Harry rather than Larry. But I don't know if that's just me. And with, with you listening to it on on the headphones, I don't know if, if you noticed that at all. Um, I know I heard Larry okay. at the time, but it could be virtue of just reading the subtitles and hearing it. I don't know. Sarah, yeah. did you have a, a different answer? Yeah, I, I, I heard Larry as well. But then, yeah, like you said, I think having the I watch on headphones as well, just because it helps me to to pick up everything. But because the subtitles say it as well. So even if there's something in the mix that makes it not sound like super clear as as Larry, I think sometimes when you have the the subtitles as well it sort of tricks your brain into hearing the mm. into hearing the right thing anyway but i'm glad that you mentioned the the sound in this scene mj because i wrote it down in my notes and then i was not sure whether to bring it up or not but then i was like if there is something off about the audio in this scene then mj will 100 percent mention it so, <laughs> so <laughs> yep. i'm glad that i'm not alone <laughs> I know the yeah the the audio engineer superpower yeah it's a <laughs> blessing and a curse <laughs> yeah yeah I felt that uh, my wife was talking to her mother uh, on the phone in the other room earlier today and I was out here playing a video game with the sound on but I heard everything they were saying they weren't like talking behind my back or anything but her mom <laughs> asked a question and so I just got on my phone and sent Kristen links to to like answer her mom's question <laughs> and I was like oh that's creepy huh like that's I shouldn't have <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well I think that will uh wrap us up Sarah did you have anything else you wanted to talk about Nope, I have I have said all the things in my notes, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this scene is chaos and there's a lot that happens in it, but I think we we went over it with a fine tooth comb, I think. Um mm-hmm. I think we got in there pretty thoroughly. So uh Steve, thank you so much for coming on. This was a blast. Uh and, and just yeah, thanks for being here. No, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. I've uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, any excuse to talk Jaws I yeah. will I will seize upon. So thank you very much. Yeah, definitely. And uh, once again, let people know where they can find you on social media, on uh, the the podcatchers of their choice, and and what you do on on those platforms. Oh, thanks, MJ. So yeah, it's um, so the, my main podcast is uh, I co-host a movie podcast called uh, Ben and Steve's Video Store. So wherever you catch your pods, uh, you can find us there. Just search for Ben and Steve's Video Store, and it's the same for all the social media channels. Just search for Ben and Steve's Video Store. You'll find us there. 
And there's my Star Wars podcast. And as I was saying off mic, I haven't actually done an episode for nearly a year now. So I really need to uh, pull my finger out my bottom and get a new episode out. But that's called <laughs> A Show to Shake the Stars. Uh, and that's a Star Wars podcast which covers the uh, NPR uh, National Public Radio Star Wars dramas from the 80s and the 90s, which is the original Star Wars trilogy uh, done for radio, uh, which is, uh, if you haven't heard those and you're a, you're a fan of Star Wars, I'd hardly recommend uh, you check them out. So thank you. Yeah. Um, as far as our social media is concerned, you can find us at Jaws for a Minute on Twitter. And if you go follow us at Jaws for a Minute, you will see our pinned tweet which is a competition, and it is a competition to win a tea of your choice from our Redbubble store. We have two incredible designs uh, that are available for you to purchase if you would like or um, to win. And the details for all that will be in the pinned tweet. Basically, um, follow the show, follow myself, follow Sarah, and retweet that pinned tweet, and that counts as an entry. Today, if you were listening to this the day it came out, Today by midnight, I guess it'll be midnight sooner for me. So midnight for me, right, Sarah? Yeah, give or take. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so today by by uh, twelve p.m. or twelve a.m. Uh, Pacific time, uh, get or eleven fifty nine, I guess Pacific time. <laughs> uh, make sure you get that that entry in in order to be counted, and we will be drawing a winner from a randomizer next week and uh yeah if you've already entered thank you if not uh what are you waiting for go do it you have you have like uh i don't know 16 hours or something <laughs> left to go do it uh based on when this came out and if you listen to this as soon as it came out thank you um <laughs> and you can follow uh sarah on twitter at sarah buttery s-a-r-a-h-b-u-d-d-e-r-y you can follow me at mj smith 891 if you have any feedback and you would like to to give it to us you can uh you can send us an email at jaws for a minute at gmail.com also leave us a review on itunes or spotify or whatever podcatcher you do um we are starting to slip in our ranks on on itunes i noticed so uh help us help us crack that top 100 and top what was it 50 yeah um <laughs> of the film history podcasts uh Put us, put us up against uh, Karina Longworth. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and you must remember this. Uh, and yeah, so we appreciate that if you've already left a review. If you want merch, once again, we're on TeePublic and Redbubble. There's a link in our Twitter bio. If you want to just be kind and support the show and buy us a coffee, um, Sarah is getting ready to get married, so she's going to need a lot of caffeine. So, uh, you know, you can you can go to our, our coffee page and, and buy us a coffee there. Once again, link in the bio on Twitter. We have a whole link tree there with relevant and important things um, there. And thank you guys so much for listening. And until next week, it's Jaws O'Clock Somewhere.